0: The following podcast is an Embassy Row production.
1: I showed up with chipped nail polish and they were like, (laughs) you clearly don't take your job here seriously. Like people go on from here to Prada. And I was like, I'm 16. Like I'm going to go buy a pack of parliaments and like maybe lose my anal virginity.
0: Hello my half-naked friends, welcome back to the half-naked podcast with me Christina Evangelista. So today on the show we have the hilarious Emily Duke. Emily is a stand-up comedian, she's the host of the Melodramatic Teen Universe podcast and former retail employee like myself. Emily has had a seriously interesting and incredible journey, and I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. It's very different from our previous episodes. We talk a lot about body image, adolescence, and Emily's encyclopedic knowledge of TV shows from the 90s. Here is Half Naked with Emily Duke. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here. I want to ask you what I asked everyone when I first come on the show. I want to picture you in your underwear. What kind of underwear are you wearing?
1: Okay, so... <laughs> We are in a global pandemic, a.k.a. the global panty. So I ha- I don't really wear bras anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I do put on deodorant, but just like under my boobs to avoid like jump rub under my <laughs> boobs, basically. Um, yeah, and super classy. That's like my morning routine is like my Kiehl's anti-aging and like baby powder under my nipples. I wear, there's a brand called Thigh Society. And they're actually like an anti-chafing slip short created basically to prevent chub rub under dresses and stuff like that. And they have a bunch of different versions. So how long are they? Like, they're like a little longer than boy shorts, probably. Like, they go down. Like, I don't wear anything over them. And they're all I wear during the pandemic. And yeah, they're super soft. They're amazing. I wear the cotton because they're relatively opaque. And I can just, like, walk around my apartment in them. And they're like hot and sexy, in my opinion. Even though they're literally like an anti-chafing short, <laughs> they're not promoted to be hot. But I'm very much like um... yeah, but you feel good. Yeah, around, I so you're I hot. feel like I'm in my volleyball uniform, like from high school. Like it feels like very like I don't know why that sounds sexual, but it does. But yeah, they're just like a long, soft boy short, and they're just really comfortable and like quite frankly, like traditional bikini kind of underwear, like. I often don't find comfortable just because of like where the elastic hits and I have super sensitive skin and they look super thin. They look really, yeah, they're so thin. They're so comfortable. And I literally wear them with no underwear, like exclusively. And I've gotten to the point where like, if I leave the house, which is very rare, um, I just put leggings on over them. Like I literally, like, I don't even know where my underwear is since the
0: beginning of March. So like thigh society is my underwear now. (laughs) I love it. That sounds really comfortable. It sounds like something I would like wear. I wear things like that to bed all the time. I mean, I'm just more, I wear a lot of thongs. But I, I did feel like wear I a need to like amp up my game a bit.
1: I did a lot of thongs like in high school because there was like the moment everyone had the sexual awakening where we were like, we're gonna buy a thong. Yeah. <laughs> like I know. nobody's gonna see it. I'm 13, but like, oh,
0: you yeah, know it's there. I remember I bought my like first thong at like Rainbow. I used to buy a lot of my underwear at Rainbow, which was like these like discount stores. You have like a Rainbow growing up. I think there was one. I remember one inside, that. Yeah, like yeah something yeah. like that. And they were like, you could buy, you know, ten pairs of underwear for like three ninety nine or something. And everything was yes. like the size of a, like dental floss. Like it was like these yes. tiny things that were so uncomfortable, and I was so embarrassed about them. Like in my house, <laughs> I did the laundry in my house growing up. So yeah, I would just hide my underwear because I just felt like my father would. Like, kill me if he saw that.
1: Well, I will say, I had an older sister, so it's like she kind of did a lot of this yeah. for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't. Well, also, my dad didn't live with us, so like it was a house of women. So. I remember in like fifth or sixth grade so my sister must have been in like eighth or ninth grade like just like hanky pankies like strewn over the shower rod and i was like do you hand wash these just to like lay them out so that i can see you have pretty lace underwear like do you know intermix
0: the store no, in course. new york yeah i worked there in high school <laughs> oh my god oh yeah by the way that sounds like a really catty place to work was it you have no idea I, Okay, so I, could, I, I could imagine
1: we're not gonna say i got fired because i technically didn't get fired but I showed up with chipped nail polish (gasps) and they were like you clearly don't take your job here seriously like people go on from here to Prada and I was like I'm 16, like, I'm going to go buy a pack of parliaments and, like, maybe lose my anal virginity. Like, that's my plan. Like, I'm not trying to work at Prada right now. Like, I, you need to calm down. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was really bad. And so I was just like, I don't think this is a great fit. And then I became a hostess
0: at a diner and that was... That sounds better. way more my speed. I worked at like a, yeah. I think it's called a Hot Hippie. It was like in Soho. I worked oh there. Oh my for, god, yeah, no, I know exactly. What I that worked is. there for a night. It was a night, and they were having some big opening and like Penn Badgley showed up. And Classic. I just remember like cleaning up after everyone. And I was like a struggling actress at the time, like really trying to Yeah. and, and cleaning up after and the night ended, and all the girls just started talking about everyone that was at the party and like just the worst way and i remember going downstairs and just crying in a pile of ponchos and i just um, couldn't take it anywhere and i walked out and i went to cafe habana which was right down the block and just like had a mojito oh, i was like so i good. quit i'm not so good
1: this. but yeah intermix had the big fishbowl of hanky pankies at yeah, the cash that's register right. they which did. is ridiculous they refused to have like an actual underwear lingerie section it was just like a right. little stocking stuffer and they're rolled up into like a thing of quarters and it's a $26 pair but I remember I had these purple hanky pankies they were like a deep purple and I was like these are so sexy yeah. <laughs> like I was Those like are, these like, are the rich. hottest thing yeah yeah like I was like these are luxe everybody bought thongs because they were like oh because you don't want like underwear lines but You could see the thong underwear line always because none of it ever fit properly. I definitely didn't wear them to be hot.
0: Well, I want to talk about what you wore growing up. And I know that you're a spokesperson for fat activism. And I just want to talk about how that influences like what you wear and, and what you feel good in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I will say like thigh society, what I'm wearing right now is a brand that's targeted to bigger women or just women that deal with chafing, which to me was something I would never cop to or admit, like five to 10 years ago, like it was so shameful to ever talk about that. As far as fat activism, I mean, I'm not sure how much you know about body positivity and the fat activist movement. If you could explain like what
0: body positivity is versus fat activism.
1: I mean, body positivity at its inception was actually like a very radical movement around accepting body diversity, right? And minimizing weight-based discrimination. It has subsequently been largely co-opted by like the mainstream beauty industry. And it's really been turned into an idea about like self-love and self-esteem. And, you know, certainly that is a component of what I would call fat activism. And we want, you know, people to feel good in their body and in their skin. But it's kind of missing the point of what the original body body positivity movement was and what fat activism currently is, which is basically like fat people are discriminated against period by society fat people are hired less they're paid less they have poor access to medical care there's constant bully bullying there's a correlation between weight and how likely you are to be convicted by a jury and like yeah. let's not even get into right. like the correlations with socioeconomic status and right. Right. all that so yeah it's basically saying you know cool everyone should love themselves that's body positivity again in its current iteration that activism is much more of a you know, rallying cry to we need to address the fact that our society stigmatizes certain kinds of bodies and treats people badly because of their body size and because of their weight.
0: And I also feel like with body positivity, very few people actually experience constant and unwavering self-love all of the time, especially yeah. like marginalized bodies. Absolutely. And like, I am somebody who like, do I
1: love my body as much as I probably should and or it might appear on social media? Like probably not. I'm personally the way I deal with it. So I was hospitalized for anorexia in high school. I was about 94 pounds at the bottom of it. I'm 5'9". That weight loss also happened. I lost about 100 pounds in less than a year. Wow. And I lost all this weight in such a short period of time. I ended up having to be on a health monitor. I had massive, massive, massive health health complications. But when I started losing that weight, everyone was like, oh, my God, you look amazing. Like, right, right, what course. are you doing? Like, this is so incredible. And it's and so yeah. encouraging, right? Yeah. And then when you start to get too thin, the compliments mm. stop. And then you get even crazier and keep getting thinner and thinner and thinner. Again, how I dealt with that trauma is I basically made a decision where I was like, hey, I'd rather be dope and cool than be thin. Like, would my life be easier if I was thin? Probably, but not for me personally, because I didn't want to be this person anymore. I didn't want to be this size anymore. And I always identified as the fat friend and I wasn't. Like, I look back at pictures of me from middle school and I thought I was the giant cow. I was taller than everyone, but like... Other than that, I was pretty skinny, but it's also I was torturing myself to do that. Like, I was, like, skipping... I remember at nine years old, my mom would put out cereal and milk in the morning, and I would put little pieces of Rice Krispies in the bottom of the bowl and a little bit of milk so that it looked like I ate breakfast. At nine years old? At nine, yes.
0: What was your your mom like?
1: She's very tiny. She's very... She's just, like, naturally very tiny, so, I, like, it wasn't something that we could really talk about because I don't think she understood what it really meant to be in a bigger body, which is really what I needed. I You know, and I, I got it eventually, and not that my mom didn't do everything in her power to give that to me, but what I really needed to hear is, like, a woman with a big body being like, hey, having a big body's fine, and, like, if that's your body, like, that's your body, and you just need to move on. So, like... I got my first period, then I didn't get it. And then when I dropped all this weight, they put me on birth control because they were like, you have to get your period. Like, it's very dangerous for you not to be getting your period for this long, especially at your stage in development. So they put me on birth control and I like, sex wasn't even vaguely on my radar. And then my high school boyfriend, like, you know, he and I made out before I started dieting the first time. And then he came back from college and he was really worried about my, you know, raging eating disorder. And I was like, you know what? Like, you hooked up with me when I was bigger. And that's amazing. And okay, I'm in. We had been friends for a really long time. And I just kind of gave up and gave in and was like, okay, like you hooked up with me when I was fat and I'm like really drowning in this right now. Yeah. And I'm like wearing a heart monitor to school and like help me. And he took me, we went to Best Buy on our first date cause we're classy. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, like it was really just being like, hey, you're fat. And if you don't just shut up and accept that about yourself, you're gonna go insane. Like I was just like, you're not cool. You're not funny. You're not dope. And I think up until that point, I very much thought I could have both. Like I could be thin And I could be me, and I could be dope, and I could be funny, and I could be interesting, and I could be smart. And it was really just realizing, like, specifically for me, as much as this sucks, having both those things just isn't feasible. Like, I'm just not naturally a thin person Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Maybe it's, you know, biology, maybe it's psychology. Like, and when I actually stop giving a fuck about food... I'm the right. size, well, I am.
0: size Well, size is relative, right? The the, the size of a of standard of what America is, is not the beauty standard. They're, they They yeah. don't match up. I mean, it, it's about creating more options, right? And again, like
1: what I would tell the young me is like, hey, just be fat and it'll be fine. And I would say that's more accurate now than it was 15 years ago. Like I couldn't buy underwear that would fit me now when I was in high school and at that like very tender fragile god I don't know why I'm using these words age like I was not ready to make the decision to like seek out plus size retailers or Mm -hmm. tell my friends that I shop at plus size retailers
0: because there's such stigma there's such shame like plus size retailers when you're you know 13 years old they don't have youthful clothing forget about sexy clothing they don't have anything that's for like younger markets so it was was a very
1: interesting pivot and i can't really track it and like honestly i should probably like there are a lot of incredible fat activists that anybody who's listening to this that's interested in should definitely check out like virgie tovar and your fat friend and like there are a lot of great people i'm curious if anyone has tracked this there is this dichotomy that i feel like really switched as far as sexuality where it was kind of like fat people are viewed as these like asexual like British dowdy nannies or like sex maniac (laughs) or like just like crazy over the top. And so I do think the hypersexualization that happened Mm. with a lot of bigger bodies is very interesting. Again, I don't have that hot of a take. And again, I would say starting to when I was younger, I viewed fat as just, like, a disgusting thing that cannot exist. You cannot be sexual. You cannot be anything.
0: Where are the markets going right now in terms of, like, what women wear? Like, what kind of bras do you like to wear that, that you feel comfortable in?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's really about getting an appropriate size, which was a big moment for me. Like, I refused to buy bigger than a size 36 bra strap for pretty much all of my life because that was the highest size, I think, at Victoria's Secret was where I bought
0: bras when was. I was... Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure, and it was really also frustrating to think that like your your bra band is growing in size, but your bra cup isn't. And I, oh, I, I truly I don't understand dealt any of with that. that. Also, and it was it just kind of like shameful. Still not filling up the cup size. I'm just getting a bigger band. So something's growing. It's just not growing all in the right places. Bra
1: sizes are a hate crime. Like, I just, like, I can't. Like, it's just, like, so upsetting. But, yeah, I refused to wear higher than a 36, and then I finally caved and got a 38. And I was like, this is the goddamn best. Like, what was I thinking?
0: There's so many new, I think, like, looking at, like, Third Love or, like, Fenty or all those sizes that go up to, like, 44 or 48. I think that's a really great thing happening. At least you could get like a sexier bra it doesn't have to be this kind of matron ish bra
1: but it's also like clothing sizes are bullshit like so Mm -hmm. much of the time is the other thing like my husband's family wanted to get me an item of clothing for christmas and he was like i went into your dresser to check your size because they asked me they wanted to buy you something and like he was like you have shirts ranging from small to triple xl and i was like yeah Like, that's how women dress. Excuse you. And, like, all of my leggings are size medium. Like, my anti-chafe shorts are, like, (laughs) large or extra large, depending on how loose I want them to be. This t-shirt is, like, a triple XL. And, like, it's just completely arbitrary and, like... Before I wore my thigh society all the time, and when I did wear proper underwear, I was very into the gap body bikini cut underwear just because, like, you know, great deal, five for 30. Like, you like a nice
0: cotton, you like a nice, you like a fabric. I like a breathable, a breathable
1: cotton. I get it. Also, just I keep, oh God, this is, am I ready to say this? I'm gonna say it. Hanky Panky is the lace. I have triggers about lace with underwear because I feel like I constantly was ripping the lace with my hands, like either pulling it up or like, oh. you know, like yeah. getting a little scratch in. I don't know what I was doing, but there were a holes <laughs> in my lace underwear. And so I was like, I can't face this anymore. Well, it's like um, it's the
0: dryer also. When you put things like that in the dryer, they it it deteriorates it and then it stretches out and then you get holes in it.
1: But again, it just all depends on the brand. And I would say like basically... For me, it was just like, Hey girl, like mentally, whatever you gotta do, you gotta separate your value and worth from these numbers. And you can do that by deciding that they'll all they're all arbitrary and insane, which is true, or just be like, Hey, it's like the fact that I'm five nine. Like that's just a fact. Like right. there's no difference in my value based
0: on my height or my weight. It's not about diet culture. It's about doing what feels good for your body and that's eating, working out, whatever it is. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Making you all feel good is important to me. At the beginning of every episode, I ask my guests what underwear they wear to not only reveal details about themselves, but I also want to help you discover brands to look for, which is why I'm happy that this episode is supported by Thigh Society. Emily raves about this brand that's known for their thigh performance and I'm excited to offer you 15% off your order for the entire month of February. Use promo code HalfNaked15 for 15% off Thigh Society for their highly, or should I say thighly reviewed, ultra-light, ultra-stretchy, silky shorts. Check out their website, ThighSociety.com and enter HalfNaked15 when you buy a pair. Okay, Emily, you have a podcast called The Melodramatic Teen Universe where you talk about all things teen TV drama from the 90s and the early 2000s. And I want to ask you, were there any shows or scenes that influenced what you wore growing up or how you felt about your body?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think so. Okay, if we're going to be talking about the melodramatic teen universe, I have to talk about Blair Waldorf uh, <laughs> okay. when she does like the slutty slip, strip tease for Chuck Bass. And she's that. fully wearing like a slip from like, like she's wearing a slip. Like, she's yeah. fully wearing like probably a $280 slip. Yeah. I don't and wh- she's 15. <laughs> Not only, she's wearing her, like, I'm up tight. Like, my dress has a high collar. Mm. And then she zips it off, and she's wearing, like, a laperla slip garters garter. and, like, thigh-high stockings with, like, the line down the back. I'm pretty yeah. sure. And it's, like, what is happening? Like, what child are you? And also, like, the whole point was, like, she didn't go there to sleep with Chuck. Like, she didn't know. And I was, like, I fucking hope she went there to sleep with Chuck. Like, because if this is just a your girder. underwear, like, you're mentally ill. Like, <laughs> no.
0: I remember watching Sex in the City and Samantha Jones wore these like silicone nipples.
1: Oh, I, I remember that so And I remember real. she went and she like threw gave her, her
0: hard nipples. Yeah. And then she's lying in bed and she rips them off and like they work. And then she like throws them <laughs> on the side of the couch. And that was to me. I couldn't comprehend how, what if he found that the the only thing is, oh my God, he's going to find the nipple because I would wear like those like chicken cutlet things and I would stuff them in my bra all the time. Oh yeah. And it was was always the moment of, excuse me, I'm going to go to the bathroom, take it off and then pray to God it fits in my clutch. Right? So again, like me as a fat person who like always struggled, I would be like, oh my God, I would kill for people to like maybe find my chicken cutlets. (laughs) Okay. Can we take it back to the melodramatic teen universe, please? Your podcast. I want to play this game with you that I made up we're gonna go through a bunch of characters iconic from teen dramas from the 90s or the 2000s and I want you to tell me what kind of underwear or bras you'd imagine that they would wear okay Jesse Spano
1: Oh, my God. Okay, definitely, like, high-waisted cotton. Definitely cotton. Absolutely cotton. Probably white. She had one pair. Definitely high-waisted white. Maybe I could see her having some pastels. Like, I could see her, like, having some, like, pinks, like, Easter Bunny color, high-waisted hames. (laughs) Like... That's what I'm getting. And like maybe some had like little flowers. I was just gonna say bras, a couple definitely... of solids,
0: couple prints, couple flowers. Yeah, a couple of
1: hearts. yeah, like so some funny. with just like triangles on them for no, because like it was the eighties, you know? Um, and then for bras, definitely just like a classic, like nude borderline like maternity bra. Okay, Chuck Bass. Oh god. Chuck Bass, I feel like It really depends at what stage we're hitting him. I feel like in high school, he was like really trying to like be a bro and like hang and like lest we forget that he was like, you know, trying to sexually assault people. I feel like probably like cotton boxers at that point, like some like the Ralph Lauren boxers that had the little horses all over them. Everybody in my high school wore those. So yeah, the Navy Ralph Lauren with the little horses. And then I feel like later in life, once he owned the hotel, he was going into like Versace briefs
0: yeah like a Tom Ford band yeah like a tight like a very metro yeah yeah, like
1: lifting up the package kind of stuff but I do think like in his early iterations like with the scarf it was definitely like full-on Ralph Lauren boxers
0: I originally thought maybe a silk boxer but I'm gonna agree with you on the polo I think that's pretty spot on okay (laughs) (laughs) Matt Camden Oh God, um, I think <laughs>
1: just like white, like I'm imagining, have you seen White Christmas? No. Okay, so White Christmas is a movie with Rosemary Clooney and Bing Crosby, so basically what I'm saying is like, think of the 40s. Yes. Like imagine that it's the 40s, like World <laughs> War II. And the way that like old men in the 40s wore yes. like shorts that like are bigger than like current golfing shorts oh my, I'm dying. that are like a white papery cotton that are like four sizes too big that your socks go up to. <laughs> and that's that's what I say. There. Brilliant. OK, <clears throat> Karen Walker karen walker definitely like black la Perla, like definitely not a thong probably like a like a thick sideband but like definitely showing the under ass you know what i mean like one of those really sexy moments yeah um basically just anti chafe shorts but like lace <laughs> with like more ass um yes, and the then lace. like a matching bra for God, sure you're, you're she was really... definitely all black lace and you're definitely are so never wore this. non-matching sets julie cooper <laughs> Julie Cooper, oh, God, I think it really depends on what she's doing and where she's living. Uh, I could see her wearing, like, really old, dirty underwear, like, when she's living in the trailer and dipping. So, like, I just want to call out, because that's my favorite Julie Cooper. I mean, it's pretty obvious to say that she would wear red, like, silk. I could see her wearing a slip. I hate to say it. Like, a red slip. Like, a pretty tacky red slip that's, like, not attractive yeah. or cool like a satin, but like,
0: like a satin slip like a
1: satin like the kind of thing where like no woman would be like that's a beautiful garment but like every man would be like are you on the cover of playboy is it 1994 yeah. like luke
0: james oh like plaid boxers obviously <laughs> you're so good okay one more phoebe buffet
1: Oh, that's really hard. Why is that so hard for me? I think it's also because her style changes so drastically from season to season. Like, Phoebe Buffay goes from, like, being a hippie to being, like, a convict. Like, it's, like, a very weird. (laughs) Like, she's just, like, she's, like, this, like, hippie. And then all of a sudden she's, like, of course I have a gun. And we're, like, what? Like, what is happening? Like, so, yeah, I think, again, would
0: really depend. I think probably really bright colors yeah, I see things in like maybe she would wear something that comes in a pack, like a pack of yeah. under- <laughs> a pack of- yeah,
1: she's got she's got latent underwear pack energy <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I think she definitely wore colors. Her underwear and her bra never matched. She's not about that lifestyle. I think she was the weird exception where she wore silk underwear and cotton bras. I don't know what that means, but
0: it's how I feel. Um, how are you so knowledgeable about every single character that's ever been on some sort of I mean, you got a Camden. You got seven yeah. heaven references. You're good. Where does yeah. this where does this come from?
1: I just love TV. I love TV so much. Like I've told this story literally. I used to videotape every single episode of Friends on VHS tapes and then write down my own synopsis of what happened so that I could rewatch it over and over and over again and memorize it.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the show. You are so funny. This is your amazing. knowledge is off the charts. I want to ask you, I mean, I know you mentioned your favorite brand of choice is Thigh Society. I always ask everyone yes. like their, their their it brand or what they would recommend to people that are of their like their shape and size. Of our elk. <laughs> um,
1: Yes, definitely. Thigh Society is like my biggest brand endorsement. They are amazing. And like for people of all sizes, like they are incredible, like not just for, you know, fat women or more to love women or whatever you call yourself, but like also straight size and smaller women. Thigh Society is definitely up there for me. And then if you haven't just watched the Savage by Fenty runway show on Amazon Prime, I think. So go for it. But yeah, I would say the, the big takeaway is like, get yourself some Thigh Society. It'll change your life.
0: Yeah. All right, Emily, you're amazing. You're so funny. Where can my guests find you? Where can we listen to your podcasts? Where can we catch you? You can find me at Emily
1: Dukaha on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok because I'm super cool at you and being like such a zoomer. Wow.
0: Yeah. I'm
1: very progressive. Yeah. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and like my podcast, anywhere you're streaming, it's called Melodramatic Teen Universe. And uh, you can catch my TV show, which of course, Christine will be starring in coming to Thank the, you very big, much. the, the very, small screens I'm in 2023.
0: Great. My agents <laughs> yeah. will contact you as soon as we hang up. Perfect. Thank you so much, Emily. Well, I hope you laughed your pants off because I did. (laughs) Emily is hilarious, but things also got real and vulnerable. And I'm happy she came on to talk about her journey and educate me on fat activism and the goals of the fat activism community. If you haven't already, check out her podcast, Melodramatic Teen Universe. And as always, subscribe here to the Half Naked Podcast. If you haven't already, please follow me on Instagram at half naked podcast. It's more than just info about the show. We're curating the page to be a lookbook, to feature trends and brands, and our highlights show all of our guest recommendations, brands that I love, and I think that you will too. Seriously, if it has to do with underwear and lingerie, it's on there. And if there's something that we're missing, Let me know. Slide into my DMs at Half Naked Podcast. I want to hear from you.